Hello, hello, welcome once again to the Michelle Mission Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays from 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. I'm here, of course, with... Yo, holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. And we are joined by our special guest, the mayor, Dan Dinkins of the Starting Five podcast, repping Staten Island. What's going on, Dan? I gotta say, hello, everybody. I had to throw that in there real quick. <laughs> but uh, what's going on, brother? Oh my God. I had, had to throw a little piece of the soundtrack in there. What's going on? <laughs> well, uh, we are excited because you're excited. He is mad excited. <laughs> Dan is mad excited to join us on this leg of the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, as we will be reviewing from 1983, Wild Style. Wild Style. Oh my God! Oh my. You know, it, it it dawned on me that the '80s have been woefully underrepresented uh, on the mission so far. So I'm glad that we are dipping our toes back into that lovely uh, decade. You, you know, you ain't said nothing but a word to me because I I'll pull out some Billy Blanks movies if you want. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, before we do that, uh, let's just let everybody know exactly a little bit about the mayor. Okay, Dan Dinkins. Dan, why don't you give people the 30-second pitch on what the mayor does on the Starting Five podcast? Oh, well, again, I am the mayor from the Starting Five. We are a sports and semi-political. When we want to talk talk junk, we talk junk about pe- you know people. But uh, it's mostly, mostly a sports show where we generally cover five topics. Each episode, plus we have two segments uh, that that come up every few weeks called This Week in Thug Life, where we talk about uh, random like sports happenings. Like since you guys are in the state of Pennsylvania, we just talked about uh, a week, two weeks ago, we talked about the Larry Holmes and uh, Trevor Burbick fight, and then we also have a fun list called the Kuntang Clan, where the Kuntang Clan is. Some of the world's most ignorant people, and we don't generally use the word "coon" in in its in its original derogatory sense, but in a way we did to even start it because the first inductee to that list was uh, Dr. Ben Carson. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you could kind of get the gist of what we are from there. Like we had people like uh, Donald Trump on there. D'Angelo Russell made the list because of taping his friend, taping a teammate, which is something you're never supposed to do. You know, so Very true. That, that, yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just a little. This is just a little piece of what we're about. Okay, it's dope. And if people want to get down with the starting five podcast, how did he do so? Oh, you can just hit 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 me. You can hit me up on my personal Facebook page at facebook.com slash sface five. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at at sf underscore ace five or the show's Twitter account at the starting five tmt. Or you can hit us up on Facebook.com slash Talking My Team. That's the home. That's where we're at. That's where we be. There you go. All right. So you can get down with the Starting Five podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're going and, to- and, yeah, and don't don't hesitate to state the Mayor Tribble, a.k.a. Thanos Tribble. I'm Tribble <laughs> family, too, brother. Okay, most certainly, you know? bro. Most certainly. <laughs> you know? Most certainly, man. I, I know that you're, you're down deep with the fam. We're going to get into uh, Wild Style, but first we got a little bit of feedback. 
All right. Uh, Vince. Love uh, feedback. And some messages. And, and, and even if you want to chime in a little bit, Dan, you can. Uh, our last sure. last episode, which was our review of Cleopatra Jones. Six foot two of dynamite. Amen. Bison for life left us a comment saying how this takes me back. I saw this in the theater as a child. Yes, those were simpler times. Talking yeah. about the seventies. All right. Yeah, that, that, and most certainly um, those were simpler times, and indeed, we had got a message from one of our fans, uh, Robert Monroe. Oh, Jr. yes, he, he got back with us. He said, "Robert." He said in the Cleopatra Jones trailer, when the guy says, "Man, that broad is ten miles of bad road." <laughs> I couldn't help but think of the black acting school portion of Hollywood Shuffle. Hollywood Shuffle. Remember that? Hollywood Shuffle. One of my favorite. There's work at the post office. Always work at the post office. Always work at the post Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you a fan of Hollywood Shuffle, Dan? Uh, you know what? That's one of, the, that's one of those black exploitation movies I haven't seen, to be honest with you. But ask me about any Rudy Ray Moore movie. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I used to, I used to have the box set of uh, of both Dolomites, Petey Wheatstraw, the um, Devil's Son-in-Law, not the other ones. Uh, the yes. Avenging Disco Godfather. Yes, I had that mm-hmm. too. With, he had that crazy look with the open chest, dancing, staring dead into the camera. Yeah, that was crazy. I think that may be oh, from Human it? Tornado. Yeah, and that with Petey Pete Wheatstraw when he jumped out as a baby. Yes. He started beating up everybody. That's right. <laughs> I, too, am a fan of yeah. the work of Rudy Ray Moore. Lynn, are you a fan of the work of Rudy Ray Moore? We got another message. <laughs> <laughs> we got another message from uh, Mike Zablinski. Okay. He wrote us that I stumbled on your podcast, courtesy of picking up on the Black Tribbles. All hey, right. Hey, ho. Uh, and I look forward to you covering both Shaft and Cotton Comes to Harlem. Cotton Comes to Harlem. Which are two of my favorite movies ever. Those are good movies. Those are very Those good movies. Those are good movies. Those are very good movies. And as, much, as iconic as Shaft is, I would dare say that I enjoy Cotton Comes to Harlem much more than I do Shaft. I see how you can make an argument for that. Yeah, I really. Those, I, those are two episodes I'm looking forward to as well, Mike. Then we got a, another message. Now, this we can definitely ask Dan about because this message is from the mayor, Dan Dinkins. Oh, okay. Who said, please let me know when y'all get to this movie, the education of Sonny Carson. Yeah. Now, what is the education of Sonny Carson about Dan? Well, what it is, what it, what it's about is about this, uh, this kid. I, I forgot the kid's name to be honest with you, but, um, he coming up in Brooklyn, he was in jail um, and then he, you know, he had a message from somebody to get down with a, a old school street gang in Brooklyn called the, uh, he got down with the Lords and they had like a street beat with the beef with the Tomahawks. And it showed the kid coming from jail, uh, making his way into meeting these gang members, uh, the, uh, message from somebody in the Lords to then growing and, and, and growing his way to the top of the Lords. And it, it, it's a street drama back from like I forgot seventy something, but uh, I, I would have to watch it again to, to really be better versed on it. But it's an excellent movie, very good, good movie, well acted. Eh, I don't know, but it did speak a lot about the street crime and street gangs of the seventies 
back in the day in Brooklyn, which I, I, I did get information from people uh, that I used to work with who said that these gangs were real and these gangs were some hardcore gangs back in the day. But the movie itself is, is a very, very good movie. I just have to, you know, brush myself up on it again. Right. It's almost like a companion piece to Wild Style. Really? Nah, no, no, no. You could say it's it, it's almost that's that movie is pre like pre hip hop. Right. Well, right. definitely it is. Yeah. Right. Right. But kind of, right, kind of conditions that kind of you know. Right. Well, yeah. It's it's think of think of the Warriors, but not completely like the Warriors where they're bouncing around through the five boroughs fighting gang after gang. Right. This right. is two. This is two gangs in the heart of Brooklyn. Right. That had a problem with each other. And it was like the old school, you know, somebody got the best of them, best of one guy. So they went back at the, the next, the other guy. And then they had, there was a scene where they had a big gang fight in the middle of this park. I think it, it might have been Prospect Park, but they had a huge gang fight. Like they all lined up and it was supposed to be one on one. But if somebody jumped in, then they all jumped in. And it was the old school chains, bats, switchblade fight that, that you know, that kind of scrap stuff that really used to go on back in in the in the 70s and the 80s in new york okay all right all right uh, the education it's, it's, it's a dope movie it's a dope movie the education of sonny carson we'll have to add that to our queue all yes. right uh from 1974 that's okay what movie is all for. right uh, add that to our queue and uh see if we can make that happen to, to review that sometime in the near future all right all right all right it is it's one of those movies that i you might not be able to find on uh netflix but i believe you could definitely find the full movie on youtube yeah unfortunately well fortunate for us but unfortunately from an artistic standpoint a lot of those films uh of of that of that era are available in full on youtube now some of them are available uh by way of the actual uh producers or or, or the studio or the studio Um, right, right. Up there, but the, but more than a few of them are up there just because nobody really cares, and they right, put exactly. it up there, and which means that nobody's right, getting right. residuals, right? And, nobody's getting any money off mm-hmm. of it. So, um, so it's fortunate for us, but that is unfor- uh, uh, unfortunate, absolutely uh, happenstance of what's going on. Because the thing is, is that it's, it's uh, we or th- the powers that be aren't as diligent about hey my stuff is up there for free get that stuff taken down right 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 or and we as the audience aren't as vocal about the fact that we demand this and we'll pay for it yeah so that you know the powers that be you know in a lot of ways the color that really counts is green amen so you know there's an audience that will consistently support it and buy it then you know maybe you see more but that's the whole different conversation that's one of those this this movie though is one of those movies that you can say in hip-hop legend um if you're familiar or if you like to do the knowledge on who sampled uh who sampled uh this song or who sampled what movie uh many of scenes out of the education of sonny carson was on the ghostface iron man soundtrack okay many of them it says i got a message for Smokey. give it to me you smoky man, give it to me. If you ain't smoky, this ain't your mother effing message. <laughs> and then he keeps going, mother effer, I said, give me the message. And if you remember on the Ghostface album, that skit, 
that was from that movie. Okay. All right. All right. Deep Cuts brought to you by way of the mayor, Dan Dinkins, of the Starting Five podcast, and also the mayor, Tribble, a.k.a. Thanos Tribble in Tribble Nation. It is time now for us to get into our review of 1983's Wild Style. Three's Wild Style made it, you know, made in nineteen eighty two, released in nineteen eighty three. Um, yeah, you, you know, Dan, you you are our guest. We will let you have first first go at it. What you got to say about Wild Style? Why is Wild Style a, a film that we should pay attention to here on the Michelle Mission and in general? Well, 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 well. First and foremost, it's if you if you love hip hop like I do, and I know you guys do. It's it's the root of the culture. It's the absolute root of the culture in all aspects of the movie, of its rawness and how and how like miserably you could say terribly edited the movie is. But um, but uh, but but well, but but it wasn't well put together either. But so was the culture of hip hop in the beginning. It was something that was pieced together over time with the different elements, whether you agree with uh, graffiti being a piece of the elements of hip-hop or not, which generally the, mo- the, the mass consensus thinks it is, and it is, uh, it's, it's the root of hip-hop. It's, it's the essence of hip-hop, of, of the birth of hip-hop. It shows the, the, the parties, as far well, a.k.a. the jams back in the day that used to go on in the clubs, where it was like clubs where... It was almost like all ages were able to get in, whether they, you know, they were still doing their drinking and smoking and all that. Right. But um, you, you came to see rap. You came to see rap at its root. You know, uh, it was it's. Like I say it was it was a messy movie, but it was a great movie if you love the culture of hip hop. Yeah, messy. Messy does do uh, speaks well for this movie because it's it it. It struggles with what it wants to be mm-hmm. because uh, there's a reason why a lot of people, when they think back about Wild Style, uh, especially if you haven't seen it for for a minute, a lot of people remember it almost 
as a documentary Absolutely. of the root of, of uh, in the origins of hip hop because right. because so much of the film really is the story of hip hop right and and it's not even so much it's the story of hip hop it's a window into that world of hip hop because there's no real there's no, because while there is a loose narrative in the in the movie about the graffiti artist um, uh, Zero um, Raymond, aka Zero, and him trying to Zorro, 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 Zorro excuse me, Zorro. Uh, uh, trying to battle between rather you know his his passion for the art uh, versus its um, the possibility of it being made a little bit more commercial, um, a little bit more palatable for people and everything like that. Uh, and then that running up against his relationship with uh, Rose played by uh, Lady Pink, mm-hmm. uh, I believe. Yes. Um, so, it, but that, that narrative is like loose. Doesn't do, doesn't do it justice. I mean, it, right, right, right. It, it is, it is just a wind in the back of what is really just a, a look outside in the, on the streets, in the boroughs, in the halls, in the clubs, and in the little rooms of New York at this time where hip-hop is being birthed um, through the parties, through the the um, the early MCing, through the dancing, and yes, through the graffiti. It is all of the artistic aspects that were coalescing to create this culture and all of them in their their primordial stage if you will mm-hmm. in this film um, which is what gives it any type of energy in it yes there's a sloppiness to it but there was a sloppiness a little bit to hip hop at that time right right hip hop you know was a baby it was an infant it didn't know what it was doing it was stumbling all over the place and that's exactly what this film is doing yet when you saw this in 1983, when you went to the theaters to see this movie, you were just mesmerized by all the colors. You were mesmerized by the by the opening with the the, the graffiti uh, coming alive in animation uh, for it at you. Um, the world was not so small with the internet anymore. So now you were all of you were being taken to. New York, this New York that you heard, this new, this New York that you were being made to feel by the little bits of hip hop that was coming out through your radio. Um, now you were seeing it up on the screen, right? In the in the and, and even at that time, even at that time, hip hop still wasn't being played on the radio yet. Not really, hip hop right, really, right? right. Yeah. Hip hop really didn't get on the radio till the mid eighties. Yeah, really. That, yeah. That, that's true. So, um, yeah, because this is like like predates uh, Sugar Hill. This predates a lot of. You're right, right. It definitely predates Sugar Hill. Yeah, even though you well, do, you yeah. Do, even if, though if you, you want to get technical, but when Sugar Hill when Sugar Hill came out with that record, it was prior to Wild Style. It was just but, prior to Wild right. Style. They, right, right. But the style that we've seen in the movie, right, is is the stuff that was being passed around. In tapes, like right? In party tapes, exactly. That you like, you had to be in that circle, or you had family who was in New York who was like, "Yo, yeah, yo, you, the you Furious Five was out, right, and the right, Fantastic right. Freaks was out." Yeah, 
it was it it's um it's uh it's much as if you're watching it now 2016 you 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 digging some of that sloppiness the 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 acting which is you know we're not even going to touch on, on any of that so much but you still you're still captivated by some of some of the that energy and that rhythm of this movie I mean I, am. I mean it's it look this this is one of the most important cultural documents of the 20th century like you know that's not exaggeration that's no, not, not hyperbole Absolutely. you you know when you talk about Wildstone, and it's funny that you said people think about it like a documentary Be- because you're right any kind of narrative thing that's there is you know it's almost sort of so- sort of sort of sort of stuck on like a sticker to say oh there's a plot yeah because the real star of this is the documentation of what was happening like there is something going on up there yeah and we don't know about it we being everybody who wasn't there or you know as you said dan had some type of actual connection to what was going on and and, And see that's what sorry no go no no no, that's sorry about that i say that's that's where we can say this is where the genius of fab five freddy came in Yes, because this to, to to my research, this was I thought this was Charlie Ahern's first movie. This is actually Charlie Ahern's second movie ever. But uh, Fab Five Freddy, as as he, as documented, he stated that he met him in a in a in a at a party at an art show back when he was doing graffiti and stuff still. And he was just like, "Yo, I got this idea. Yo, we need to make this happen. Like, I don't know how ever we're gonna put it together, but." Yo, we gotta get this stuff on film for people to see, man. Because he just he it just showed how much of a visionary he was Absolutely. to to say that we that we gotta get this on film. And so it has because it has to be seen. And you know, j- just to stay on Fab Five Freddy for a moment, you you see like almost a facsimile of him doing this in the movie. But y- you know, I would add to what you say. Part of the genius of Fab Five Freddy is a he had the vision to see how important this cultural moment was. But B, he was able able to move between these worlds. Like he's like you yes. said, he's from the graffiti world. He's from this kind of early hip hop world. But he also was able to move downtown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with yes. the downtown art galleries and that whole world. And, and, you know, when you talk about artists from this period, whether, you know, it's a Basquiat or a Basquiat, whether you're talking about like Dondi, you know, you talk about these hip hop dudes that kind of made a transition some more um, successfully than others. Yeah. And kind of bring Lady these... Pink, too. Yeah. Must Lady, be, yeah, Lady, Lady Pink, Pink is a freaking legend in the streets. In, in the streets. But Fab Five Freddy is, re- I mean, really the only person I can think of that was able to kind of make this thing work for them for a sustained period like him. I mean, you got to start bringing in like a Russell Simmons, like somebody who, again, kind of is able to go back and forth. And I think that's a testament to, to Fab Five Freddy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, we've seen how it transitioned him into uh, like being one of those first hip hop VJs on MTV and things like that, you know. Yeah. And, but he, and he, he was he was the culture's voice at that time, because just like you said, he was able to perfectly blend through any world. And I, I swear that dude had to be a pimp in some part of his life, too, because <laughs> yo, he was so slick tongued that like 
Yo, know, he he would. I think he was able to sell a whale water. Yeah, that's how, yeah. That's how nice he was. Also, not for nothing, I'm pretty sure he's a vampire or some type of immortal <laughs> or or some demon or something. <laughs> Because Fat Pop Freddy looks the exact same way that he looked in 1982. Like, black I don't, don't know crack. if that dude ages. Black I, don't crack, brother. Yeah, black don't crack, but some black is scary. <laughs> like, I was looking, I was like, damn, Fat Pop Freddy is just, you know. <laughs> I think Pharrell got some of that same blood in him, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> true that, true that. Um, the, you know, you're talking, we're talking about how important this film is mm-hmm. um, but one of the one of the questions that Dan kind of ra- raised a little bit is whether or not uh, it, it's 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 interesting that this film uses graffiti as the 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 lens through which to get into the music and the rest of the culture Um because at that time, right there, what the graffiti, um, the the art of graffiti was reaching this kind of like renaissance stage where people were starting to really take it seriously and look at the the style, the styling of it, and the colors and the the uh, the psychedelic imagery sometimes um, in the artwork as well as the messages that were in the artwork and it was be people were really you know like hmm there's something there and it was through that that hip hop was able to really start making its way into um higher higher society or at least out out of out of the um the streets and the basement parties Right, more so into prime time into the into the big lights, but it's interesting that it was graffiti that opened the door for it, where now graffiti is not so much a part of hip hop, right? Or at least or, not, well, not the more, biggest it's knowledge more, element. It's more more into the to to uh, 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 art as opposed to just the graffiti. Or, or Dan, you were going to say something different. Perhaps. Right. Well, to give you, to give you, let's, let's we can bring it down to the base in the beginning of hip hop. Many of the many of the beginning hip hop artists, or if we want to call them artists, I'm going to say hip hop pioneers were all graffiti writers. They all came out of the world of graffiti. Graffiti was one of those first elements of rebellionism, uh, as as in in their, those teenage and and youth ages back in the in the mid 70s to late 70s to the 80s right. transitioning forward so where where yes we can say that uh graffiti i personally believe and always believe graffiti is a part of the hip hop because as you just stated in a way it it did partially help birth the rest of the culture it did help it, it helped it helped convey the message of the hip hop culture of we're here you know we're we're part we're also kind of this rebellious musical as musical uh aspect which in essence really it wasn't even a music thing yet. well it was a music thing but it was a music thing not in in uh in reference to the, the rapper at the time right it right, was mostly right. about the dj and 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 it was mostly about being at the jams and it was about the b-boys dancing or we call it breaking now but it's b-boying right but um when you bring it to like lady pink 
and you bring it to another hip hop legend uh, called a uh, scene who uh, oh, yeah. he, he's one of the top dudes. These two, these two will argue will argue the fact that graffiti is not a part of hip hop culture. Really? Because because of yes, because of graffiti's uh, the gra- graffiti's uh, uh, it, it, its place in the world at that time of being somewhat of a rebellious counterculture. Right. Um, many of those people were not listening to that kind of music at that time. Like taking scene. For instance, he's not within this movie. Yeah, uh, you can see him if we if you do the, if you ever do the movie Star Wars. That's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If you he's in the movie Star Wars, but he's an, he's a guy who came up in the rock world. Lady okay. Pink, Lady Pink was was yes, yeah, she came up. She was a part of the jams and things like that, but she wasn't into that. She was always about her art, so she never really wanted her art to be categorized as this is. What she's doing is hip hop art. Now, it's it's that it's that old it's 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 that old minded person who thinks my era of rap is better than this era of rap, and our parents' R and B and soul music is better than rap. And it, it was that kind of thinking. Right. Some right. of them who didn't want to uh, want to evolve with the culture in that way because they didn't want to be uh, put in that in that group. They didn't want to be you know, bundled together in that package. So yes, Lady Pink, who is in a movie, Wild Style, who, it, which is essential to the hip hop culture, is one person that did not, at one time, did not like her stuff being called hip hop. Right. And there's many articles out there that you can look up and see that. Right. I think there are two two things about graffiti too that that kind of separate themselves from hip hop. Certainly at this moment, I, I think first of all. You know, you got b-boying, you got DJing, you got MCing. These are artistic expressions that are kind of contained. Like, you know, you do them in a party, you do them in a park, you do them in a space where these people are. But, you know, the nature of, of graffiti, and certainly when, when, you know, these artists were bombing trains, is that it transcended yeah. that space. Yeah. And, you know, you look at all of the articles that were written in New York, you know, in the New York Times, in the New York Post at this moment about this sort of scourge of of graffiti. So that that kind of speaks to to your point, Dan, talking about the the kind of rebellious nature of graffiti as opposed to b-boying, because in a lot of ways, graffiti was right in your face, whether or not you were in the culture or not. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jaquiz Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Not. And then the second thing, and I had forgotten that they kind of addressed this 
a bit in wild style. I like I was I, I was sort of amazed by the fact, and again, I had forgotten this part of wild style that from the beginning, practitioners of hip hop knew the machine was coming to co-opt it. Yeah. So you know, I think graffiti. You know, the nature of graffiti is is that it's 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 painting basically. So that this downtown art world saw it and said, "Oh, I can figure out a way to sell this shit. Like put right. this on a canvas, and we can sell it." Right. Well, it's, it's just like it's just like what uh, Lee Keone said in the movie in in one of his lines. Yeah, he was just like graffiti's not on canvas, man. Graffiti's on the walls. It's on the trains, man. You got to get out there. You got to rack up. You gotta, you gotta get it, be a part of the action. You know, you gotta take the risk. Right. Uh, you know, those words he said alone in that movie, it's, it was true to that time. Like yeah. I actually worked on my job. I worked with a former graffiti writer who they, 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 they got up. Many of their pieces are still in top of buildings in Brooklyn that till this day. Like you could drive along the BQE or the Gowanus or something, and you could see them. Like a couple of my boys, I see, I see their stuff. And big bubble letters, deck and fame. Right. Shout out to y'all, but you know that's I, I I see that stuff, and a lot of the stuff is still it's still out there, still relevant today. You know, many of the work actually in the movie too was done by uh, Lee Quinones before the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I I found an article on uh, on on Complex where they actually had a sliding picture of what the place looks like now compared to what it used to look like. And all the pieces that were done were done by him. Right. So he was, he was the guy back in the day. That's why they reached out to him for that part of the role. Right. Which kind of speaks to the, the sort of stilted nature of his, of his performance. Cause he wanted yeah. an actor. Right. But it, it, it's, it's, exactly. it's interesting. You're saying uh, all of that because, and how he did speak to what graffiti was because the other thing that he did speak to about about uh part and parcel with what true graffiti was was the hopping the gates and right. being chased off right. you know and um and, and and being having to finish this this piece on 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 the clock you know with with, with one eye on on your six you know what i'm saying right and um yep. and you always heard him that like it it almost seemed like in almost every scene where you you heard him like shaking his can and his, and it shaking his can was almost like you know the ticking clock for him you know what i mean you always right. always heard, right. heard heard him like just you know just like racing racing in in his mind exactly to to like he would like uh like uh, like like case his, his it, exactly where he's going to do his next piece because he knew he would only have a limited amount of time to go in there boom knock it out and it be out but that was all part and parcel that that and that and that was the graffiti was. life for real though yeah for that real. was the graffiti life for real like they had to scope out spots and 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 clock clock when the workers come through and things like that like legitimately this dude he actually was on NYPD's like most wanted graffiti. Movie. Oh yeah. That's oh, why yeah. he that's why he even also was hesitant to do the movie. Right. They had a task force at the time, didn't they? Like I thought there was uh, a graffiti yeah. task force that was stationed, you know, in the trains. Like, you know, it was a deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's the reason why that's the reason why the trains are the colors that they are now. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Back in the day, the cars used to be white and clean. 
And yes. you give a you give an artist a blank canvas, a white blank canvas, and guess it's on. Right. <laughs> you it's know, on. It's, it's, it's on. on. And that's what they did. And that's why now all the cars now are like uh like stainless steel. Right. Because you can write on them, but they can clean it just as easy. Right. <laughs> the, the, the messed up part when we talk about how messy this film is, and just from a production production level, the film does progressively get a little bit messy, and the ending, you know, it it, it, it it's a documentary with a loose loose story in it, like we like we said. But the story of it does start off with promise, because the opening scene of this movie. When you see Lee kind of like rappelling down a wall. Yeah. And then you see him hop over like a series of gates. Yeah. You know, like to get to his prey, you know, all dressed in his Zorro mask. That actually right there, that sequence is some very accomplished filmmaking. Right. You know what I mean? The whole timing, the timing out with the music and everything. That makes you think that, yo, this story might be a little something something it quickly becomes about nothing nothing story wise right but that <laughs> opening is just so promising and, and and just locks you in to his world right then um and can i say where it immediately got shut down go ahead was right was right after that next scene when he's standing there with his brother in the mi- coming home from the military, yeah, what the, yeah. What, the, what the what the fuck is all this stuff on my wall? Yeah. I, I send money home for you and mom, and this is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's yeah. when the, that's when all the acting got thrown out the window. Right and, <laughs> and it's so jarring because it cuts to Busy B, and Busy B is so charismatic. And girl. and you know in the scene in the hotel room and and then you know oh, that scene in the hotel room is a little that's a little left man it's a little left but that was funny though but it was it was, was funny and it was fun and you know and it was the spirit of the moment and did you notice all the chicks pocketing all the money yes <laughs> yes say, I'm, make, I'm making the B I'm making the B I'm, you know I'm, I'm making the B <laughs> yes, I'm making, don't mess with the B baby don't you want to play with the money <laughs> and, then, and then they got to. He was gonna take me. He said he was gonna take us to the Hyatt. That's so we right. ended up here, girl. That's so he brought us in a limo, and <laughs> you know, so we gonna hang out or what? <laughs> I, I, I did want to. I didn't want to lose this when, when when you were talking about you and Lynn when when you observed how they showed Lee and and the setup and and what goes down, what all goes into creating one of these pieces, right? And. I think that is another another moment that shows how important this film is as as document, because, again, I think so much of the conversation around early hip hop and certainly graffiti was that it was destructive and it was mindless. And, you know, the it was these hooligans just defacing property. And I think the fact that you have this document you know i keep using that word document where you show the level of preparation that it that's involved when you show you know when he says to the um to to the dude from the whitley from the whitney the whitney asks him you know well how do you know what you're painting in the dark and he says well i've memorized the colors and i know in my head what it's going to look like you yeah. know when you see um lady pink with the note with, with the notebook with the little with, with the little model of what the the uh, final piece is going to look be. like you know all of this kind of refutes again this notion that you know it's just these dumb kids and you know let's call it these dumb 
black and brown kids doing this stuff that's some foolishness and it's like no this this is something that is purposeful and this is something that we that we set about to do in a certain way to have a certain standard yeah but because that because that exactly because again speaking to my experience in in, in that part of the, 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 the culture of hip-hop, which I, I can rightfully say, I never got out in the yards like that. I never got out in the trains with spray cans, none of that. But I've done the black book thing, and I know writers. That is exactly how you do it. What they showed in that movie was to put almost to the T of how you got to do it. That's why I would say to you guys, a great follow-up that I would love to be a part of, too, but a great follow-up to this is if you got into Style Wars. Yeah. Well, Style Wars could have been a prequel to this for, you know, for you, you for discussion purposes. Mm-hmm. Because Style Wars shows exactly what the writer did in that time. It always started in the black book or it started on a piece of paper. You, you, you based your outline on that piece of paper, but then you did it. That was like that was like your scale model, kind of like to what an architect does. They build their scale model of their piece that goes up bigger. Then they got to measure out how many pe- how many cans of paint do I think I'm going to use on this? Okay, then it was how am I going to get the paint? That's where the racking up came. That's where that's why places like Home Depot and stuff till this day have locks. And yep. Yep. for this spray for this spray yep. paint is because they the, the 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 graffiti whiteo you can say was a tactician yep. right and a right. strategist and yes. all of that is in style team. wars yeah like they they don't yeah. oh yeah the whole deal yeah. is in style wars it, 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 it that is a, a good follow up I, I it may not next necessarily meet the the uh, mission standards of the Michelle right. mission, but it may it may be a, a nice addendum with, that we might have to throw out there. You know? That's because that that movie that movie is full documentary, but right. it's not yeah, you yeah. know not really a movie in its sense, but it is a movie, but it's a full documentary, and they and it's they literally get into and they mainly talk to uh, many of the, the black kids who were the writers back in the day. Very true. Like, uh, what, I think the kid's name was was Case or Kane. The th- kid with the one arm. I think it was like, Case. Yeah, I mean to see that kid, to see that guy do what he did with one arm. Yeah. I mean, they only showed it in the books right. at that time, you know, in the books. But his pieces were all over New York City in that era. Our shit in that is era, you know, extra. he's one of those well-known dudes that was out there with one arm. Like, yo, like what kind of like you you a supreme tactician. Supreme strategist when you're a graffiti writer because you gotta you gotta dip dodge escape everything and everybody just to not be seen. And just so that people uh, our, our listeners don't think that we are just waxing uh, rhapsodic about Wild Style, as Vince alluded to, Wild Style is considered by the mainstream media as one of the preeminent um, music films or or, or cultural timepieces yeah uh, as as you were as it were put on film uh in 2007 vh1 hip-hop honors paid tribute to wild style in recognition of its influence upon the culture and then it was also noted by the rock and roll hall of fame as one of the top 10 rock and roll films of all time i mean i mean you know it's it's 
you know, I think it's hard to really wrap your head around what Wild Style was. And and I'm going to speak for myself. Like by the time when I saw Wild Style for the first time, I loved hip hop and I was versed in hip hop already. Like, you know, I, I listened to music, the whole thing. So when I saw Wild Style, this was almost like research for something that I knew about. But when Wild Style came out, like a lot of people, this you were like you were being introduced to something brand new. Like there was nothing and then there was something. <laughs> and these people, the, these these young men and women up in this you know, kind of discarded part of New York at this moment created this beautiful art form. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I really, you know, I really don't think you can overstate how important Wild Style was to generations of people who, you know, again, now that they use hip hop to sell cereal and and you know all of this stuff, and and you can go and buy a Keith Haring T-shirt at the mall, like. It's, it I think I think hip hop won so hard that it's hard to remember a time when it wasn't no hip hop in your consciousness. Like there was no right. hip hop in your consciousness. Yeah. And then it was well to, well to state to state my age, I'm only thirty six years old. So I was four when this movie came out. Okay. And so I can't I can't say that I was in that culture, but I in that time, but I came up in the '90s, like my—I would say my formidable years in growing up was the '90s, which is the golden era of the music. No doubt, that was when the music was its, was its rawest. But, but again, with me, like I—I I always found myself to want to be a part of that culture. So my first, my first step within the culture was wanting to DJ. I remember I was like maybe thirteen, four, I was like fourteen years old. I was just, and I, I, I forgot who the DJs were on the radio, and I was just like, oh, I want to do that. I want to try that. And then, luckily for me, like, there was people around who knew my family that did DJ. So when I was, and then, and then a friend of mine in high school, my boy Flip, he was the first person in the crew to get checking 1200s. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, I need to, I need to get these, you know. So I started off with the DJ. But from before that, it always came back to the, the to drawing in a book and writing in a book in school from elementary school up always when somebody was always drawing in a book or we was always drawing so yeah to, to, to say that graffiti itself was a very important piece of uh, many people's cult, you know growing up in the culture of hip hop it was a part of mine too but at the time I didn't know it to be graffiti you know right but right, right. it's it's this, again this movie is just it's so important to this culture as a whole because even too it, it encompassed just about every aspect of the culture at that time. Yes, the basis was graffiti, but then you it got right into the rapping, which the rapping really was like one of the last elements to come along. But then eventually you got to see the DJ, when you got to see uh, Grand Wizard Theodore, and then uh, uh, Grandmaster Flash had his scene with the three turntables that blew everybody's yeah, mind. I was, I was like, about to say. What is he doing with that? Like that, like, and that was just, that was another one of those pieces that was like, but what does this have to do with the movie? But then you got to think, again, it has everything to do with it because it is 
documenting the culture. It is documenting the birth of this thing. Yeah. You know, and then and then when you give it back, when you bring it back to, you bring it to the end of the movie where they got the the big huge park jam where all they had to do at that time was, hey yo, we're doing this. You want to get on stage? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Let's rock the house. And that's what they did. You know, Double Trouble to me was probably the best performance in all of that. Double Trouble when they came out with the with their suits and their hats on and the fa- and the fake guns. And the, uh, if you if you want to know, want like just that whole. That whole movie, man, just gives just this 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 feeling like none other throughout the body. Just like watching the birth of this culture that I love so much, man. It's it's that's what makes it amazing. Despite despite the ter- terrible acting, which they they know there was bad acting, yeah. but you put that to the side, and this is one of the greatest things to me. Just in 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 my in my time in my life for hip hop. I'm partial to Cold Crush versus the Fantastic Force on the basketball court myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could have done without that. I'll be honest. That was like. Nah, that, that part was great. Man. That was fantastic. Oh, my God, man. Are y'all serious, man? It, that's, it was pure. Like, that was pure hip hop. Mm, that was that was some forced force. Coonery to me. I just, I just wasn't digging it. <laughs> I, was, I, I, it, I lost it on that one. It, 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 that just, that was like, that was Saturday. That was hip hop, the Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah. I just really did not enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy that part. I did like uh, um, the uh, Double Trouble uh, yeah. at the end. I like them. I like Double Trouble when they were just sitting on the steps. On the steps, That's you know, right. just yep. talking about how yeah, we're going to, how we going to kick it. Even though it was. Kind of, and it was kind of cool. Like it was kind of cute. The little kid comes and he just starts snapping. Like, hey, what's going on here? And he just starts snapping. <laughs> Here's a little story that must be told <laughs> right, about two good brothers that are so. I, man, I just I, I've been listening to it so much, man. I drew a blank. I'm sorry. I mean, but <laughs> but just running down the names of all the people that were in this film, you had the Cold Crush Brothers, which uh, with JDL, Grandmaster Cass, Almighty KG, Easy AD. DJ Charlie Chase, Tony Tone, the Fantastic Freaks with Waterbed Kevy Kev. Waterbed Kevy Kev. You, it may not be a better hip hop name than that. Uh, <laughs> Prince Whipper Whip, Ruby D, Ducker Rock, Master Rob, DJ Grand Wizard, Theodore, the Almighty and Underappreciated Grand Wizard. Absolutely. Theodore. Zephyr. Yeah, the man who invented the scratch. I was, I was about to say. Zephyr, Don D, Futura, 2000, Grandmaster. Grandmixer DXT, the Rocksteady crew, uh, another legend, Crazy Leg, another DST dude was, that donated. Grandmixer DST was one of those guys. I think one of the first uh, rock and roll Hall of Fame inductees too. You might have to double check me on that, mm-hmm. but uh, I believe he might have been one of the first of the culture from the, the hip hop. Uh, yeah, I think right. one of the first. I think one of the first of the culture to win, uh, win, win a major award. That's what might what might probably what it is. The Grandmaster DST. May have to check that, and then of course you had Busy B and uh, Grandmaster Flash in in all his uh, uh, hip hop glory uh, as uh, there as well. Um, this movie, yeah, but real quick, real quick, Len, who 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 you really thought won that battle between Busy B and uh, and one of the Double Trouble? I think I don't know, if, I don't remember if it was uh, uh, Double uh, K or. Uh, you talking about? I, I think Busy B lost. No. I think Busy B killed it. I think I think I do think uh, Busy B is a little overrated. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think he. I would Double Trouble was was probably the best rappers in here, except 
No, no, not Grandmaster Cash. Grandmaster Cash is is, is I, that's actually a discussion I brought up today in uh in my hip hop group on Facebook where the Grandmaster Cash, I mean, he he could be named the best MC ever. No, he could but, be. He can, Kaz Kaz is Kaz is killer, and I'm and I'm going not going to say Double Trouble can get with Kaz, but I'm saying that as far as what I heard in this movie, I think Double Trouble was the best in this movie. No, Kaz is like. Yo, Kaz is one of those immortals out there who doesn't get appreciated as much as he should. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what I wanted to ask you, am I right that at the very, very end of this movie, we see an extremely young, un-sunglassed Kumo D bouncing up and down on the stage? I believe so. I think so. I'd have that to double check, but I believe I, think so. I believe he was in the movie. But most, you know what though? Most, most anybody who was somebody was at that park jam. Oh yeah, they were. They were there. Yeah, because this was this was just you know they just turned on the cameras, right, right, and, and who was there and and like and rock out. You know what I'm saying? It if you gotta if you have to make a time capsule of hip hop, and you can only put in one movie. This has to be the movie that you Oh yeah, make. absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, again, yeah, be- I agree. And and this is like this is like you think about all the 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 movies from this moment that that kind of, you know, whether it's is you know, a, 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 a like movies like you said Star Wars which is a documentary, but even something like, you know, a Beat Street which is actually a film. Like this well, is Beat Street took it to another level. Yeah, Beat Street right. went left. Well, I think it was actually a film, though. Like, there yeah, was true. a set, it was actors, it's a plot, the whole thing. Like, this really is unfiltered. Yeah. And it's unfiltered in a way that, you know, again, 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 night, you know, shot in 82, released in 83. You had no access to this as just regular Mo in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just a dude, and, and you know, like like, you had access to what was going on in Philly. Or you had access to what was going on somewhere else, which I don't even know what was going on in '82. But it it really was like I I don't even like calling it like I don't even like um critiquing it like this like you know talking about the wooden acting and all like I don't even like to do that because it really is like like you said if you had a time capsule and you know you talk to young boys now about hip hop and and it's like you need to know your history. And yeah, you start with Wild Style as far as mm-hmm. documented history. I wonder. Well, you got to start with Wild Style. You have to start with Wild Style, number one, because it's the first. But as we've been stating this whole time, it's the one piece of it's the one hip hop movie that encompasses everything to a T. And everything yeah. so organically that it's like you under it makes you fully comprehend in a way and understand this is where it all came from right that where that is where it all came from now i do say because i am i am a dj i do say they might have been able to spotlight the dj a little better but hey i can't i i can't be too picky you know it's 82 (laughs) i was in i was I was in, you know, probably just getting out of diapers, so right. I can't say, "Hey, I need more scratching right. in this." You know? And like, and that one scene with Grandmaster Flash certainly launched a million little baby DJs. Yeah, like you know, that is one of Absolutely. the most iconic scenes in hip hop. Yeah, if they if, if they could have highlighted the DJ more, they certainly 
certainly chose the right one to right. highlight. Like if you see scenes from Wildstyle, you see that Grandmaster Flash scene. Yep. You know. Yep. So I w- it was interesting as I was watching this, I was wondering about Netflix uh, series that's going to be starting in the fall. The right, get, right. To get down, to get down, which just talks about these early days of hip hop, and. I, I'm curious, I'm even more curious having watched this again of how much of this energy they're going to be able to truly capture in that series. The, the trailer looks like they have a lot of it, but I'll be right. interested to see how, how authentic it really feels because um, uh, the acting and all of that not was, notwithstanding, there was an authentic, you cannot knock the authenticity of this film, which is what makes you appreciate it and forgive its shortcomings right you know uh, right so uh, it was too organic it was too organic for its time for uh to to even try to re-emulate or duplicate what any piece of that movie was done what any part of that movie you know was done like it was it was just way too organic and again credits and shout outs to fat five freddy for 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 the genius of saying we need this on film. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. So would you say that people need to see this film, Vince? Oh. Oh. At, like, you know. <laughs> like, look. I, I, look. I think if you like, 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 we talk about people, you assume, you know, you listen to the Michelle mission and, and like, you like black movies. So it's like kind of built in that question is if you like black movies, should you see this? I feel like every American should see this film and i feel like anyone who's interested like in being a citizen of the world and you're talking about like like art forms of the past 100 years like you consider yourself a learned person or a person that you know again you're a citizen of the world mm-hmm. you need to see wild style so yes i think people should see wild style dan it's a it's I, I'm I, I couldn't gloat over it anymore. That of course, <laughs> I'm definitely going to say you have to see it. I it's it's literally like if I was teaching a class about the hip hop culture, that is probably uh, lesson one hundred and one. Yeah. Then lesson one hundred and two is crate carrying. <laughs> and you you <laughs> you gotta you I'm, and I swear to you, I would have a truck in the class. Or not even a truck. I'm a, I'm gonna have like a old a old uh, like uh, soon or something, and be like, listen, you're gonna have to get these ten crates of records, these four speakers. I'm about to say, you gotta have and speakers. These big cases of turntables in this car, and you're gonna have to do it within at least ten twenty minutes. <laughs> do it. That along with watching Wild Style, here's your introduction to the hip hop culture. Do it, that's, and that's what I would say. That's true. So that is that. That's a class right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, that that is a class. That is a class. Um. Yeah. Uh, you got to check out Wild Style, ladies and gentlemen. It is available right now. Um. As we, as we speak, for free if you are a next Netflix subscriber. So check out Wild Style on Netflix. Um. And after you do that, make sure that you go and check out the mayor. Dan Dinkins on the Starting Five podcast. All right, um, they 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 get it in. I, I don't know what type of sports, what kind of type of conversation would even begin to lead you 
down the road where you find yourself talking about Larry Holmes versus Trevor Burbick, but somehow they <laughs> they found that road and um, <laughs> they made it entertaining. <laughs> we can be found. We can be found on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Like I said, get on iTunes and look up Talking My Team Network. Rate us five stars because if you don't, I will find you. He That's will- just my uh, my lovely uh, message to the world. Yeah, rate us five stars, man. We 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 try we we we're trying to we we I'm I'm trying to grow up like my triple brothers over here my triple <laughs> brothers and sisters man we're trying to grow up and we we see each other eye to eye even though in this podcast game to me there is no rivals because everybody has their own element to bring so again mm-hmm. I'm much much appreciated of of even being acquainted with y'all now again and like I told you before Len you got me you got to know me you you got me for life brother. Yo, you might same thing to you, Vince. You got you got me for life. Whatever y'all need. All right, that's I do. That's I do. Dan Dick is the mayor. Podcast. Um, this has been the the Michelle Mission. Next next week we kick off a month of Prince films, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and of course it starts with Purple Rain. Make sure to come back and join us on the next leg of the Michelle Mission. Available on MichelleMission.com as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and every place the good podcast be, as well as on the Black Tribbles Podcast Network. For Hey, can I say one more thing, Len? Go ahead, dude. I got to just I got to end it off with this. Look, man, you heard it on the radio, you seen it on the TV show. A to the K, finish it off, Vince. Uh, hey, A to the K, the, the force, no, a oh, it's the, the gun. A to the mother FK. <laughs> when he robbed the dude, I know what he's talking. Here's the crazy part: he pulled out a, a sawed-off shotgun. So I was confused. Look, it's 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 it's, it's, it's called budget. Right? <laughs> you told me to bring my own gun. I brought my own gun. <laughs> it's the only one my daddy let me take out the house. <laughs> Alright, and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu, it's been a pleasure knowing you, I'll see you when it's time to meet again.